I'm Deborah Ishihara and this is Talking Work. Women in the EU are paid only 84% of what men are paid and given that some countries have had equal pay laws in place since the 1970s, that's a really damning indictment of their effectiveness. But the EU has been well and truly on this just recently and has come up with a far-reaching set of reporting rules to address the problem. So we've recorded a really interesting discussion between two of our employment specialists. They're both UK lawyers, in fact, which means that they can also provide a UK perspective on all this. To me, that's interesting because the UK does have some gender pay gap reporting rules already, but the question is, will they now keep pace with the EU, or will this turn out to be a key moment of divergence from EU law? Have a listen. Welcome to Talking Work, the employment law podcast by Use Laboris. In each episode, we invite a different guest to discuss what's happening in the world of work. If you're an HR professional of any kind, this podcast is for you. Hello. I'm Rebecca Rule, a legal director in the employment team at Lewis Silken in the UK, and I'm joined today by my colleague Gemma Taylor, one of the lawyers at Lewis Silken. We wanted to talk to you today about some interesting developments in European law that we think will start impacting businesses operating in the EU in the coming months and years. Thanks, Rebecca. Um, That's right. So discrimination is an area where we see a lot of change through developing case law and new legislation. But there's one new huge legislative change on the horizon for businesses operating in the EU, and that's the Pay Transparency Directive, which is focused on reducing pay gaps. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, of course. So the intention behind the Pay Transparency Directive is to promote greater transparency and fairness in the workplace and to help reduce the gender pay gap within the EU. According to data from the European Commission, the EU gender pay gap currently stands at around 16%, meaning that on average, women in the EU earn 84 cents for every euro earned by men. As currently drafted, the directive will require member states to establish gender pay gap reporting regimes that will require employers to report mean and median pay gaps, mean and median gaps calculated from complementary and variable components of pay, for example bonuses, the proportion of men and women receiving complementary or variable components of pay, and the proportion of men and women within each quartile pay band. So this is quite similar to the position we already have in the UK, but the directive goes further and will require the reporting of pay gaps by categories of workers. And this means reporting according to workers performing the same work or work of equal value. So the intention is to require employers to publish the gender pay gap between workers doing the same or similar jobs. And this is deliberate and to make sure that the reporting can be used for the purposes of an equal pay claim. Mm, I can see the value in that from a theoretical standpoint. And of course, anything that supports equal pay is a good thing. But in the UK, the question of work of equal value is really complex. The legal process to define what counts as equal value requires expert job evaluation and can take months or even years. Yes, I totally agree, Gemma. And it will be interesting to see what the guidance says and how employers should define these categories of workers and whether in time that might make the question of equal value easier in equal pay claims in the EU. If it does, that would unfortunately not benefit the UK, Brexit taking us outside the scope of the directive. That's not the only difference with the UK scheme, though. 
workers and their representatives, labour inspectorates and equality bodies will be able to ask the employer for additional clarifications and details, and the employer must respond within a reasonable time. Where gender pay differences are not justified by objective and gender neutral factors, the employer will be required to remedy the situation within a reasonable period of time. And this obviously goes a lot further than just reporting. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of time period European countries allow for action to remedy any gaps. For example, if you take STEM professions, so that's science, technology, engineering and mathematics as an example, One of the things that we have found in the UK is that the pool of senior level female talent is small. And that means meaningful and sustainable change will only happen if companies invest in bringing women in at junior levels and support their growth and development. But often when a company does that, it can see a short term increased gap with more women occurring junior roles, which are generally on lower pay. That's really interesting. And it will obviously make it important that employers really understand the reasons for their pay gaps so they know whether they have an obligation to take action. I agree. And as is much more common in the EU than the UK, the directive also anticipates more material worker involvement. It introduces a type of compulsory equal pay audit that is triggered by an unjustified pay gap by requiring a joint pay assessment. And this applies where pay reporting reveals a gender pay gap of at least 15% in any category of workers. The employer cannot justify the gap based on objective gender neutral factors and the unjustified difference has not been rectified within six months. So a joint pay assessment requires the employer to cooperate with worker representatives to analyse the pay differences, the reasons behind them and the effectiveness of measures to address the differences. In the UK, the gender pay gap reporting rules only apply to larger employers. Is that the same with the directive? EU member states must create gender pay gap reporting legislation within three years of the directive coming into force. So for employers with 250 or more workers, they must report their gender pay gaps every year. Employers with 150 to 249 workers will have to report every three years. The directive also provides that the threshold will be lowered to just 100 workers within five years of the directive coming into force. And these smaller employers will also have to report gender pay gaps every three years. All that means that by 2026, all large employers in the EU will have to report gender pay gaps. And by 2031, all smaller employers with 100 or more employees will have to report as well. These are only the minimum requirements of the directive, so member states could go further and set the headcount at a lower level, requiring more regular reporting. And there are some rights which will apply irrespective of size. So workers will also have the right to request information from their employer on their individual pay level and on the average pay levels broken down by gender for categories of workers doing the same work or work of equal value. Wow, that's a very powerful right. I can see the purpose, though. One of the major obstacles to enforcing equal pay between men and women has been the lack of knowledge about what others doing comparable jobs are paid. But this all sounds like potentially a lot of work for employers, and if they're not already across potential pay issues and they haven't done any kind of internal audit to try to identify hidden issues, it sounds like a lot of issues could emerge unexpectedly as a result of this right. And it's called the Pay Transparency Directive. Does it cover anything else, Rebecca? 
Well, the main thing is gender pay gap reporting, and that's the thing that will require the most preparation. But the directive contains various other pay transparency measures designed to help ensure equal pay between men and women. So the key provisions are pay transparency for job seekers. So in job vacancy notices or before job interviews, employers will have to disclose the initial pay level or range for that position. A ban on asking about pay history, so employers will be prohibited from asking job candidates about their pay history, including their existing salary, and something which is currently banned in over half of the states in the US anyway. And no ban on pay disclosures, so workers should not be prevented from disclosing their pay to others for the purpose of enforcing the principle of equal pay, and contractual terms to this effect must be prohibited. And many EU countries have already implemented gender pay gap rules, of course. Um, I know from your discrimination expert group that there's been recent legislation in Italy and in Ireland, for example. Um, In Ireland, the rules currently require employers with 250 or more employees to publish pay gaps calculated for the organisation's entire workforce and then produce separate calculations for part-time and temporary or fixed-term employee groups. But their rules don't require publication by job functions or grades of workers. So it sounds like the requirement under the directive to report pay gaps by categories of worker will present additional challenges for employers um, there in Ireland. Whereas in Italy, organisations with 50 or more employees have to complete a report every two years to be sent to the Ministry of Labour, unions and equality bodies, which provides information on, for example, the number of male and female employees, the number of men and women hired over the period, and pay treatment for each contractual level. And also, I know that Italy has introduced a gender equality certification system where organisations can obtain a certificate by implementing policies and measures to help reduce the gender pay gap, and then enjoy a number of benefits, including exemption from certain social security contributions, and being awarded scores for the purposes of tenders and work proposals. And I gather that in France, employers must calculate a gender equality index score, which is obtained from gender pay gap statistics and differences in salary increases, promotion data, and the degree of gender diversity in the 10 highest paid roles. And in France, there a low score can result in a financial penalty for the employer. So do you think these variations across the EU in methodology and scope and frequency of pay gap reporting are likely to be challenging for international businesses? Potentially, yes. Although the new directive will obviously introduce some consistency, which may be easier for international businesses, I think a practical challenge for international employers is that it is likely that the timescales will differ between jurisdictions. So rather than having to complete gender pay gap reporting in all jurisdictions by the same date, employers operating in a number of EU countries could face multiple deadlines spread across the year, making management of reporting obligations really difficult. Um, It's important to remember that the directive sets out the minimum expectations, and so some countries already go further than is required by the directive. So, for example, in both France and Italy, the threshold for reporting is 50 employees. Preparation is definitely going to be key. And although 2026 might feel like a long way away now, this is a very significant change. 
from a UK perspective, you know, as we are both in the UK, the directive is the first major piece of um, European diversity legislation since Brexit. And it marks the start of the UK's divergence from European employment law. This is a much more proactive approach towards addressing pay gaps than we have in the UK. Having been at the forefront of these matters previously, the UK may now fall behind in this area if the current obligation to report is not enhanced by an obligation to take action. Thank you, Rebecca. That's been fascinating. And I know as a discrimination expert group, you have a working group focused on this area to ensure that we're providing regular updates to support international businesses understand how they can meet their obligations in different countries. So lots more on this to follow, I hope. Hope you enjoyed that. In the notes to this episode, you'll find a link to our gender pay gap reporting map. We've also put Rebecca's and Gemma's details in the notes along with mine. You're always welcome to contact me on anything to do with employment law and I'll answer your query. Or if you need an expert in a particular country, say, I'll put you in touch with the right person. Do browse around our website, by the way. There's loads of information there on all sorts of employment related topics at usaboris.com. That's it for this episode of Talking Work. But we'll be back very soon with more insights from our guests from around the world. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can also visit usaboris.com to access all our content, resources and tools.